Tonight's episode of the 31st Lap Podcast is brought to you by DirtTrackDigest.com. If it's on dirt, it's on Dirt Track Digest. This is the 31st Lap Podcast, recorded live in the studios of FingerLakes1.com in downtown Seneca Falls, New York. And now, your host, Chris Marquardt. Good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the 31st Lab Podcast, episode number 249 on deck this evening. We're going to be talking a little bit with uh, Ben Carlson as he gets ready to trek south for the 602 Crate Nationals. Uh, some news came out with, from Dirt Car, kind of reaffirming some of the stuff that we already knew this week, uh, talking a little bit about who isn't isn't going to follow the tour. A lot of it we already knew. Uh, Mike Mahaney, Matt Williamson, both on that list, uh, and um, Billy Decker uh, inking officially i guess is, is the way to say it and of course it was all used as a tease to look ahead to the dirt car nationals coming up at volusia speedway park uh in eh, about 15 days or so when they all they all break south to go to volusia uh, our focus tonight is going to be instead on uh, lake city florida where north florida race uh excuse me north florida speedway is hosting their first edition of the 602 crate nationals are going to be running on hoosier tires down there news of that event came out back in june so uh, folks up here have had a little bit of time to sort of plan and take a look at it. And it's one of the things we're going to be talking with Ben with uh, in a moment. Another uh, quick note from Cornwall Motor Speedway. Cornwall's changing their qualifying process, getting rid of that typical handicapping system. And they're going to be going to a draw format. So you're going to draw for your heat position. They're awarding points to the top five finishers in the heat. And then they're going to start to feature heads up. And the last car in an eligible redraw position is going to be grabbing a, a button and determining a redraw format. All those cars up to that point will be inverted uh, instead of redrawn individually. They're going to invert them, and then the rest of the field will fall in line. So kind of cool that they're changing things up. Uh, Cornwall, of course, celebrating their 50th year in action. They've added a, a race for the Cure event up there, and then all the major series that have been part of Cornwall's schedule for uh, the last several decades are still going to be in action up there as well so kind of neat to see some tracks going out on a limb a little bit and getting rid of that handicap program uh the whole reason the whole handicap thing came in years and years ago was sort of keep the guys that were winning all the time at the back of the field and make them have to work to come up through sort of balance things out so we'll have to see how that plays out up there at cornwall so shifting gears a little bit we've got uh couple events that are coming up on the calendar a little over a month away now from finger lake speed world we're going to talk with jim olin in the coming weeks he was just named the starter for uh, one of the area's vintage programs so we'll be able to get into that with him he's been hosting a podcast from the dirt uh northeast dirt motorsports hall of fame over in weedsport on Wednesday nights via Facebook, face stream, face cast, whatever you might want to call that. Uh, he's got a whole studio set up over there, so we'll be able to get into that with him on top of the uh, events with Finger Lake Speed World, where we saw Eric Carlson in center court last year. We're gonna, and Jim is working on that for uh, move-in is planned on March. Well, that wasn't working at all. Move-in is planned on March the uh, 1st. If weather is inclementing, they're going to move in earlier in the week, um, February 27th, 28th, if necessary. Then the event's going to run during regular mall hours, Saturday and Sunday, March 2nd and 3rd. And then after that will be the annual Motorsports Expo at the Center of Progress building. Uh, Jeremy Corcoran overseeing that up in Syracuse at the New York State Fairgrounds. So those are on the radar as well. But... 
before we get to worrying about all that stuff, first we got to talk with Ben Carlson about his trip down south. Ben, working uh, uh, a tough day out. Expected expected a little bit more work today with all the frozen water meters, but it sounds like everybody was able to adapt to the cold weather pretty well, and, and Ben had a light day. How are you? Good. How are you? We're doing just fine. Staying warmish up here on the third floor of the North Park building, but it's it, it'll work. <laughs> <laughs> So all that's left to do is scale the car and then make that easy hop, skip, and a jump drive down to uh, Lake City, Florida, huh? Yep, that's all. That's all we got. Just the next big part is just the drive, but we're going to be splitting that up within two days, so it shouldn't be too bad. So how did all this come about? I mean, and, and, and the big news isn't just going to Florida uh, in February, which, of course, everybody's going to be insanely jealous of. You're working with a, a veteran support program that, that gets uh, Canines for Warriors and going to be getting some, some funding for them uh, and running sponsorless on the trip down. Yeah, yep. I, what I wanted to do, and I might do it a few times this season, is, is run for charity. I, You know, I just want to get back. Uh, I'm fortunate to be able to do what I do and the people that help me. And uh, going down there, um, I kind of wanted to see what charities were in the area, and uh, that one stuck out the most to me. So we got in touch with them, and we set up a, uh, a charity organization under my name, and we're going to hopefully raise some funds for them. Well, right off the top, you, you, you said everything everything right uh, in terms of contacting the charity ahead of time and setting things up as a charitable organization ahead of time because a bunch of folks that have endeavored to do this and they've, they've gone so far as even put logos on their cars and then they get themselves in trouble because they didn't have the, the okay to do the licensing, they didn't have the ability to make the donation the way that they thought and, and it, just, it just really unravels. Their heart was in a good place, but the legalese wasn't and it sounds like you've gone through and made sure that all that stuff is going to fall the right way and the funds are going to get where they're supposed to go um, pretty smoothly. Yes, you're, you're exactly correct because actually I didn't really know what was involved completely. I <laughs> sent out an email specifying what my intentions were. Right. I just thought it was easy as one, two, three, send up an email and be good to go. But uh, other than that, it actually is a little bit of a process because you have to do um, like a, not a background, but just make sure that you're doing it correctly, right. set up right. And they have to approve everything that you plan to do. And they even actually changed my um, my charity organization name to what they they approved it to rather than what I, and it was just a few words different. So I sure. didn't realize but we are approved and we're good to go. So, right. yeah, you get into all the nonsense. I, I, I think the numbers were five hundred four three Bs and something like that, or five hundred one three Cs. All the different lingo and jargon in terms of making sure the taxes go right. It can be, it can be a pain. A lot of folks just think, "Wow, I'm going to do something out of out of, uh, out of the goodness of my heart." How hard can it be? And they get themselves in some hot water. So it's good that you did everything uh, the right way on the up and up. And the program itself is really cool too. You know, ma- matching up support animals to individuals that were uh, injured overseas with traumatic injuries and, and coping with PTSD. Yeah, yep. It's, and that, that was a major, um, having military in my family, friends, um, and all that, I, I thought that was pretty neat. And the, the second part that I really liked about it was they actually rescue most of the dogs, and then they actually um, in turn train them with the, the new owners. So not only are they helping one way they're actually helping the dogs out as well wow that's that's awesome that's 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 very cool i was looking through some of the photos that you had on on facebook and uh there's not a whole lot of room inside the cockpit of a sportsman car but in one of the demolition derby cars i saw you had a yellow lab sitting there on the front seat with you looking like you had a (laughs) co-pilot 
Yep, yep, yep. He he's been around with it, and then I figured he'd be a pretty good uh, um, role model for the for the advertisement for the canines for Warriors. So we <laughs> we put that up the other night, and he seemed to be okay with that. Right, that's outstanding. So you guys make the decision to go to Florida to take part in this event. Uh, the event's going to be run on Hoosier Tires, and, and the scuttlebutt that you're hearing up here is a lot of folks that are making that trip are accustomed to the American racers. So that that right out of the blocks gives you a, a major, major upper hand and almost guarantees the win, right? Yeah, yeah, 1% of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm... I'm Fortunate to be able to get out the users already and know that you got to spend a lot of time on the tires. Mm-hmm. I've talked to guys that run on American racers and they don't do seems to do as much prep work on their little softer treads, so they don't have to uh, worry about them as much. So I'll just take that as a one percent uh, advantage. Well, every little bit helps, I suppose. That's right. <laughs> How about the track itself? Uh, I think it, if I remember right, it was a it was a small track, like three eighths of a mile, right? Yeah, three-eighths mile, and it's, uh, from what I've heard, it's very wide. So mm-hmm. um, it's kind of tricky gear selection-wise I'm figuring out just because they, you know, Wheat Sports a three-eighths mile, they call it. Dundee is supposedly a three-eighths, but you right. talk to guys that run both, and the gears are from one end of the spectrum to the other, it seems. Sure. So I'm going to grab about every single thing I possibly can to throw it in the, the box. Well, the the challenges with those big wide tracks like that, even though it's a it's a short overall uh, overall distance of only three eighths of a mile, is you, you're going to be on the the momentum side of things. If it's wide and, and spacious, like what you've got, um, like a Black Rock, it's such a momentum track. Or excuse me, at Outlaw Speedway, it's such a momentum track that yep. you, you, you're, you you get in a rhythm, and, and the more laps you go, the faster you go, and you're able to gain time, you know, lap after lap because you're carrying more momentum and faster and faster weeds port. You've got a little bit more of that stop and go, uh, given how the track can slick off sometimes. And you've also got a little bit t- tighter, um, turn radius just visually. I mean, you've been on the track more than I have to know the difference one way or the other, but it just seems like it's a much tighter turn radius, especially coming from three to four. Yep. You're exactly right. Yeah. If, if you can, that's the biggest thing that our car is momentum. So like if you put a little higher gear in, like you say, if you can keep a momentum up, that's perfect. But like at Weed Sport, you got to run, you know, you got to run a gear to where you can have the pull off and then the slow down to make sure you got good acceleration too. Have you got, have you got to run a chip in this event? Yeah, it's a six and chip. I believe they're going by the dirt rules, but they're not yeah. enforcing them um, like that. They're just basing them off the dirt rules. So it kind of keeps everything simple. Sure. Well, I mean, if you've got a if you got an established rule book, um, and that you can go forth with that blessing, and everybody's already accustomed to that, and you've got individuals down there on site that can inspect those cars under those parameters, it certainly it certainly does make it easier than trying to make a particular adjustment. Um, given the size of the track and knowing what ship they're letting you use, does that help dial in that gear choice at all? Yeah, it, it kind of narrows it down a little bit, yeah. but not racing down there and seeing the track it's it's going to be Thursday night's practice is going to be very interesting because <laughs> um, it's going to be so unaccustomed to a lot of us that we're probably going to be trying all different things just to figure out what works best now you're leaving to get down there to North Florida on Tuesday right? yeah so we're going to head out of here uh, the Chris and I leave Tuesday morning and we're going to head down to Charlotte first and stay there 
at a friend's overnight, and then Wednesday we're going to do a couple of NASCAR shops and tour the dirt track at Charlotte. Nice. And then uh, get up early Thursday and get down, uh, finish off the trip. And uh, the action down there at North Florida planned for the 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th. Friday the 8th is the 602s, 1,000 to win, um, plus non-qualifiers race. The late models are on deck. Um, Friday, or excuse me, Saturday the 9th, 602s, 1,200 to win. Sunday the 10th, 602s, 2,000 to win, 150 to start there. Um, all the information is available on NorthFloridaSpeedway.com. Uh, you've got three years under your belt. Most of your time spent at Land of Legends. Came away with the um, Sportsmanship Award there last year. You got a top 10 and 14 starts. Um, got a chance to see a couple of the other tracks in the area. But this is... This is a little bit more extensive in terms of uh, what you've done traveling before. Yeah, yes, uh, it's very, very different. Um, I've probably only raced with probably three or four of these guys that I've recognized. Um, mm-hmm. The caliber of guys going down, I've noticed, are, are uh, no slouches, which uh, if you want to learn, I guess you're going to race with the good ones. And I'm not saying racing the guys are not good, but it would be interesting to see uh, like track champions from down Delaware or, you know, Pennsylvania and racing with them to see see what the driving is. It could be very, very different, you know? Right. Uh, they've got a busy winter schedule down there as well. You're running uh, on the 8th, 9th, and 10th. The 7th is reserved as a practice session. Uh, did you guys bring um anything in terms of of a notebook for the setup just by looking at it do you, do you want to have the car set up more towards like what you see at a at a momentum track like outlaw uh have you got multiple different um yeah you know what what, what, what are you what are you leaving with in terms of i guess what are you leaving with in terms of your base setup and your expectations going into that practice session thursday what we'll do is we'll put uh, medium stagger in the car, uh, adjust it, put normal um, setup of shocks on it, uh, standard set. Um, go with about the same setup, uh, kind of base it off a of weed sport, just a touch, I would say. Um, and then just do tiny little tweaks from there, just because um, not knowing if there'll be a cushion or if it's just flat across it, that plays a whole, whole nother effect in it as well. What do you prefer, dry slick or heavy? Um, I I've been told and I've learned as anybody can be fast on you know um, tacky. I, I do like driving on tacky because I like running the cushion. Sure. Dry slick pulls out the driver and it gives everybody advantage, even if you have a big horse putting down. Mm-hmm. So it, it either way, I like racing just because it's kind of cool how it changes it up. But if I had to pick a way, it'd probably be tacky. Yeah. Um. Looking at some of the photos and stuff, it looked it looked black and shiny, uh, at least late in the night. But but who knows what that feels like when you actually get on it? You know, you get some of those nights where the track will steal over, but it still shift around underneath your feet with the moisture underneath where it seals, and you can still get just as much just as much grip running up on the top as you do on the bottom. You're and you're exactly right. I have a friend that lives down there that races uh, at Canandaigua frequently, and uh, he's been down there practicing and. <laughs> it's not your typical southern clay track. Right. You don't. You're not having that red clay. It, um, it's not really abrasive. So that's what I was worried about was compounds going down. And mm-hmm. we're just going to run the, the standard D300s. And he says it looks slick, but like you just pointed out, it you know you'll have spots in the track where you can still you know get a lot of bite, even though it looks pretty slick. 
the the challenges of going so far from home to run three and four nights at a time you know what are you are you bringing a separate are you cleaning out the shop and bringing two trailers down there you loading it all into one (laughs) yeah we've been i've been talking to my buddy and my dad we're trying to figure out what to bring that we're not tripping over it but we're more or less focusing on odds and ends that we wouldn't you know, you drive to Canandaigua, it's 15 minutes from my house. Right. Um, you know, if you have it a jam, you can send someone home real quick. Uh, going this far, you're, we're going to be probably putting a lot of stuff in the trailer, yeah, and hopefully we'll be able to fit the car in at that point. Right. Well, I mean, running at Atlanta Legends and, and not getting extensive uh, travel time, you know, looking at, at the tracks that, that are in our area, Weedsport, Outlaw, Land of Legends and stuff, what, what you need, the, the, the diverse... Um, litany of stuff that you might need probably isn't as extravagant as if you're also adding into your repertoire some of the bigger tracks, some of the stuff that's that's further east, further west. You're not going to need as much diversity. And I know it's it's nice with dirt car having things, you know, basically telling you what what you can and can't. So you don't have a, a huge expenditure in terms of variety. But you're going down to this this new facility. You're going to need to have as much stuff as at your disposal as possible. Yep, you're exactly right. And like a lot of the trucks around here will have a punch trailer or whatnot, but down there, our cl- our cars aren't even in existence down there. So parts aren't like you can't run over. The only saving grace, I think, out of the whole deal is there's going to be some, hopefully a decent amount of cars where everybody will at least have a part if you need to run right. over and ask because if they don't, um, you're kind of out of luck. You buying tires down there? Um, I, yeah, I'll, I'll end up buying some for the, probably the later races. I got some pretty fresh ones right now, but, um, with that many nights of racing, we'll definitely wear some rear. The, the, the description of the cars on the website is the 602 sports and center seat modifieds. It's just such a different world down there. Um, you talk about modifieds in Florida and they're, everybody sort of defaults to the IMCA style, UMP style modified this common out in the midwest and even even the ones out there aren't nearly what we have here in the the places where those still run out here we're, we're on those narrow tires and out west they get you know bigger motors they get wider tires they're a little bit closer to being a, a race car versus uh, a streetcar tire with um a, a modified body on it down there they, they fall in love with these cars though uh volusia being my most extensive experience in this is just because the cars look so different from anything that they've seen. You know, the center seat is, is unique to what we've got up here in terms of the, the, the big block modified three fifty eights and the sportsman. So just to see the description of it, you know, the six Oh two sportsman center seat to describe exactly what you guys are going down there to run. It was just kind of unique to see. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that too, is they get a pretty good kick out of it just because they've never, never experienced or ever seen them. So, and up here, you know, it's like, that's all we really see. So it's, it's kind of neat going down to an area to where they're really looking forward to uh, seeing something different come in. So, Have you had the chance to go get to places like Ransomville or Fulton or Brewerton or anything in our area? Yeah, uh, I went to Fulton last year, and that would probably be Fulton and Wheatsport, but nothing, um, nothing different than that. So you're going to have more starts in Florida than you have at Brewerton? Uh, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) I never, I never would have thought of that, you know, I'm racing Florida more of this track than I did. So, um, and it's, I guess after this week, I'm ready, I'm ready to go race in Florida. How's that? Well, that's, that's good. I mean, that's, you, you pick the right time of year to go. (laughs) Yep. 
that's our biggest fear is once we uh, decided to, we were going to do this is, you know how February is up here. It could be the worst ever. And uh, we were just hoping the day we were getting out of here was going to be a good day. And from looking at the uh, weather, it looks like it's going to be 50 and cloudy. So hopefully it'll be good to go. That wouldn't be too bad. The 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 place that you're at right now in terms of your your racing career and and I didn't realize it just when we were chatting before the show started it, it's been three years already uh, most of your time being spent in the uh, Atlanta Legend Land of Legends moving from their novice sportsman division up into the the main sportsman division where's where's your career trajectory at this point are you looking to just sort of keep it home track or do you have goals of doing a little bit more traveling. Yeah, um, I just love the, I did some traveling two years ago, and it was nice, but uh, getting home late and everything, especially with uh, the way Land of Legends is run now, it's like you, you cannot beat a track on a Saturday night there. Mm-hmm. They take care of us really well, and it's only 15 minutes from the house, so I can be home by, you know, 10 o'clock at night, and you know, watching TV, and I don't have to worry about a couple-hour drive home. But uh, this year we plan to uh, kind of extend out. I want to run down to uh, Dundee with mm-hmm. the Hoosiers they just accepted down there, so I'm right. interested in that. Um, and then Weed Sport, again, uh, try that uh, again, because I had a bad experience here. I hit the lane and uh, ripped all the rear end out of it. So and, uh, I need to go back there and kind of polish it back up and making sure it's not a bad track. Find some redemption. Yes, yep. It's like I'm kind of that way with Utica Rome, too, because two years ago I destroyed my car in the back steps there, so i do not too keen on that track either. Right. How'd you get into racing as a whole? Um, family's always been into it. My cousin Eric is actually mm-hmm. the one to blame for on this. <laughs> uh, I only say that because I used to go and watch and run sprints every Saturday night, and I figured... If I had to go watch him race, I might as well race with him. So uh, I found a car for cheap called Eric up, and we went and looked at it. And he's like, yeah, I'd buy it. But little did I know, he never even knew what a modified Kenda looked like because he's a sprint car guy. So he sold me on something he wasn't <laughs> sure about. So that was a influential buy, but I got it. And it's probably been, I wouldn't see the best thing I've ever, selection I've ever done, but it's been uh, the most memorable so far. Is that the same car that you've got now? No, I've actually been through, uh, let's see, this will be my third third car, yeah. I, yeah, I'm on my third car now. Is it is it something that maintenance? I mean, I know you alluded to that wreck at Utica Rhone. Did that toast a car and you were forced to replace it or were you able to fix that? That one uh, had uh, four inches of uh, play. I could stand on one side of the car and had four inches off the ground on the other. So that one ended up becoming a racing simulator. So that one was junk. Yeah. And... Uh, Last year, I ended up uh, buying uh, Nick Weir's car, a couple-year-old car, and I had okay. to do that, get a new motor last year because uh, one of the cars that flipped landed on top of my motor and destroyed that. Mm. Um, so last year was pretty much a whole rebuild, front end, rear end, um, and all that. So we it was a hard year to, to grasp, but we started all over and uh, fortunate enough to have a good year this year without breaking too much. So do you have anything new for this year? Just freshening up last year's stuff? New power plant? Yeah, um, newer exhaust and a, uh, a newer carburetor, mm-hmm. um, which, as I've noticed, has moved to shift already just by um, the fuel feeding to it. I had an older carb that I had rebuilt, but I was a little outdated on it. But other than that, um, we stuck with majority of the same, but we upgraded a few things like that, which hopefully 
will be very beneficial to us. Incremental gains. It all adds up. Yep, you're exactly right. The the, the car itself, I mean, how do you feel about the the division, where it's at, uh, the affordability? What, where, uh, where are you guys in terms of of that thought process? I mean, you've been running it now for three years. Um, you guys are running this year basically without sponsors, but you're still in a spot where you're able to upgrade things on the car, and you can afford to make the trip down to Florida. So, I mean, that, that says the, uh, says a little bit about what the car is in terms of its affordability. Yeah, um, definitely more affordability is the big block. Um, <laughs> I do have some great sponsors that do help me. Um, we try to do most of everything out of pocket, which uh, the sport I've even noticed over the last three, four years is uh, it's expensive. And, I mean, racing in general is expensive, and we try to do everything we can. So, um, you know, your average day wreck will, uh, when you break something on a race car, it's not a few dollars. It's a few hundred dollars at the least. And, uh it can add up, you know, especially when you you spent most of the money in the preseason getting the car built, and then after that you're freewheeling on your own wallet. And it can be hard. It can be really hard at times, and um, sometimes you just got to take the good with the bad. And if you have to sit out a weekend to be able to afford the race two weekends away, then I guess that's what you got to do. So we've, we've made do, and I've had very good luck with uh, some sponsorship help, and uh, we try to keep everything on check every week and checking over stuff there 100%. You doing any derby stuff this year? <laughs> no, my wife put me uh, to put on that. I actually, in the doctor, did two. After my Utica Rome wreck, I've had uh, three severe concussions, so um, they say if I uh, maybe knock my head one more time, it could be real bad. So I'm trying to um, prevent that in every single way, even though I hop in a race car every week. Right. The derby seems to lead me in that direction more. Ending up in the doctor's office. Yeah, well, it's uh, organized car accidents do that. <laughs> yeah, I miss it dearly, though, I'll tell you that. Uh, is there any place else that you want to get the chance to turn laps that you haven't had the opportunity to go to that you might be able to check off the list this year? Let's see. I, I do want to try Brewerton. I've heard that's a little tricky track, but mm-hmm. um, looks looks fun. Um other than that, I really want to go back and just get comfortable at Weed Sport. I love yeah. that facility, and I want to. It is a hard track, it really is. But I just want to say I ran good there, you know. Sure. Uh, but what about uh, the the future plans? You know, looking looking a little bit more long term. Is the sportsman where you're going to stay? Do you have any any aspirations to move up in a big block or potentially into a 305 Sprint or a 360 Sprint car? Um. I guess if I had to go for the future, I'll, I'll definitely stick with the sportsman just because it's something I, I'm comfortable with. Uh, future down the road racing will probably come to an end. Um, however, my uh, cousin Anthony races sprints. He has like four or five sprint cars. So um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure if I threw him a couple bucks and said, can I rent this for tonight, he'd probably laugh and be like, just take it. So, um we're going to go over to Paradise a few uh, nights this summer, and we're going to switch rides. And uh, yeah. um, he's putting a ride, another sprint car together for like uh, for just uh, just in case purposes. But uh, he's hinted a few times that I might be able to uh, sneak in that. So, so he's got this is now we're talking about Eric, who's who's the sprint car guru of the other family, your cousin. He's got he's got a bunch of cars now. So he's got a three hundred five and a three sixty. Yeah, so he's got two three hundred fives. I think he's got three four wheelers and then a couple of frames. But he has a three hundred sixty and then two three hundred five rides uh, ready to go. 
Um, so he's he's better off uh, than me, but I, I can always resort to him for if I ever wanted to try a sprint car out, that's for sure. You know how he talked to you into getting that chassis he didn't know anything about? Yeah. You should work on him to get a 410 motor. <laughs> you know, I probably could in the way, yeah. Maybe I'll have to take him out one night and just kind of give him some courage, and then we'll... Uh, make a bad decision together again and see where that goes that's well it'd be better to have him spend his money than yours i definitely agree with you there <laughs> the <laughs> changing he hasn't been in the sportsman right he hasn't ever driven that he's always been in the sprint car yeah just he's yep, never drove in a sportsman he they call them boats and they kind of are boats and uh yeah he he wouldn't realize the what and he's even said it is the first feeling you ever get in a sportsman is it feels like you're going to flip over because it rocks over so much. Right. And uh, with the sprint car, it holds down the left front so they can sail through the corners and it holds it down a little bit. So I'd really like to see his face the first time he really sets it down hard and then uh, see how he likes it from there. Well, it's going to be a different world for him. I mean, everything happens so much slower in uh, in the full-body cars that versus in a sprint car. And, and it, it is a much different world. you got to drive it. Uh, much different than what you're doing in the sprint, especially yes. the sportsman car. Yes. Yep. Awesome. So you're planning on leaving on Tuesday again, Ben Carlson, working with Canines for Warriors at the uh, 602 Sportsman Center Seat Winter Nationals, February 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th, leaving on Tuesday down at uh, North Florida Speedway in Lake City. Awesome to. Uh, have this coming around and and to have you on the show for a few minutes uh, is there anybody that you wanted to make mention of that's that's helped make this possible you said that you and your crew chief are leaving here picking up two more people in in charlotte and heading down to florida and then uh eric is going to be flying in with the rest of the family a little bit closer to the race dates yeah yep so uh the crew chief and i are going to leave tuesday pick up two more uh friends in charlotte and then four of them, my dad, my brother, uncle, and Eric will be flying down on the Thursday. So they'll be there right before practice. Gotcha. Cool. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, any other sponsors or anybody that you want to make mention of? Yeah, if I can throw some yeah. out. And, and they, uh, it was my decision to run sponsors for this race just because I kind of wanted just to donate, you know, some of the earnings to them so I didn't have to worry about, uh, you know, um, just kind of messing everything up. So, uh, but the ones that do help me, and they still have helped me even through this uh, race, is uh, Carlson Surveying, New Companion Papering, WLD Construction out of Phelps, AKS Farm Equipment, Baldwin Heating and Cooling, and uh, a big shout to like, some of the local racers that I drive against. Uh, you know, Doug Smith, Nick Weary, uh, Bruce Whitley's help. Uh, my dad's been a saint getting this car done. Um, I appreciate that. He's, he's been there in and out every day trying to figure out what's going on. And uh, most important, uh, my wife, she's letting me go down. And, uh, you know, it's my 30th birthday on Monday. So it'll be, it'll be good to uh, have a good birthday celebration. And she's letting me do a guy's trip. So that, that's even better. And uh, my brother, he's, he's always supported me since day one. And my parents. My, you know, my mom and uh, sister, they're always asking how everything's going. So without them, it wouldn't be possible. I'll tell you that, you know, having help on these cars is major. So it, it works out. Awesome. Well, it, it is definitely good to, to keep your wife happy. It'll certainly make racing a whole lot easier. That's right. She, she's a big horse girl, so and I, and I ride the 
I do the race car thing, so we have our both little hobbies, and they're not cheap, so it, it works. Awesome. Online, if you want to learn more, NorthFloridaSpeedway.com. They've also got a very active Facebook page. If you're looking for more details on the racing event, if you want to know more about what Ben's up to, you can find Ben on Facebook. Spelling for it is on the screen. You can also jump online, support.k9s4warriors.org. That's letter K, number 9, s 4 Warriors. Dot org. There's a bunch of information on there as well if you're looking to get involved with that cause. Ben, man, I appreciate you coming on the show and hanging out with us for a little while. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It really means a lot. I appreciate it. Absolutely, and I uh, wish you the best of luck down there. Travel safe. Thank you so much. You bet. We'll see you later. Yep, bye-bye. There goes Ben Carlson getting ready to head south for the 602 center seat modified. We call them sportsmen up here. Uh, the 602 sportsman uh, winter nationals at north florida speedway in lake city florida that's going to do it for us here tonight we appreciate everybody tuning in and hanging out with us for a little while uh, we'll be back again in two weeks next week is going to be uh, final round is back we shuffled the schedule a little bit with final round and 31st lap given that uh, uh, jason oldfield co-host of final round is up in minnesota right now in minneapolis freezing i'm sure so we'll be catching up with you with some more drag racing action coming up uh, next Thursday. And in two weeks, we'll be back with episode number 250 here at the North Park Building at Academy Square. We appreciate you tuning in for number 249. 31st lap is in the books. We'll see you next time.